Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Boozy Bracketology, the podcast that believes in strong drinks, strong opinions, and crowning champions. And we're inching one step closer tonight. I have got my four panelists here, and we're going to be discussing the Sweet 16 in the best Beatles song bracket. And there are four of them, which means that I myself am the tie-breaking vote. God help you all. We're going to start off out in Mobile, Alabama. Nathan, my friend, how you doing? What are you drinking? Hi, I'm doing good. Uh, it's been a long day. I haven't had dinner yet. And so I am actually drinking a creamy chocolate bottle of Soylent. Probably the weirdest thing that's ever been drinking on these, this show. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's not the green variety, so he might be okay. <laughs> there is a mint flavored, but I will I will say that Soylent itself is named after the novel Make Room, Make Room, and the movie only added the eating people part at the end as a twist to sell tickets. So it's not named after the movie where it was people, it's after the book that was not after people, but that's just oh. my editorial comment. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Wow. Okay. That's... I. I First off, just learning that Soylent Green was named after a book. Didn't know that either. There was a novel called Make Room, Make Room. That guy made, made into a movie called Soylent Green. Well, now I want to go back <laughs> and watch Soylent Green. Okay, that's not why we're here, Chris. We're going we're gonna to back this thing back up. We're heading out to Reno, Nevada. Sarah, my friend, how are you doing? What are you drinking? Hi, Chris. I'm doing well. It's good to see you. Um, tonight I'm trying to get my Zen going and I've got some unsweet green tea. Um, I guess I'm adding the green to his Soylent. So <laughs> excited to see where this goes. All right. This will be good. We got our two designated drivers. Let's take our, our next trip here. We're bringing it out all the way to Huntsville, Alabama. Mike, my friend, same two to you. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I'm doing great. Uh, like Nate, I had sort of a long day at work, but I got to come home, spend a little time with my girls, and now I'm here drinking a lovely Doppelbach beer from the Chandelure Island Brewing Company, which is out of somewhere in Mississippi. I want to say Hattiesburg, and I cannot find it on the can right now. Isn't that where Brett Favre is from? Yeah, that's where Brett Favre is from, which is why I think it stands out to me. Never mind. It's Gulfport, Mississippi. But nonetheless, uh, this is, I, I do like a good Doppelbach. I don't have them very often. I don't know why, but I do like a good Doppelbach, and this is a good one. Uh, it's called the Tarpinator. It has a picture of a fish on it, but I don't mm. think it's made from fish. So I think unlike the Soylent Green people, I'm safe. Okay. Not sure I'd want a beer made from fresh fish, although at one point I did have a beer partially made from fried goat goat's brains. Mike, I think you're as did I. Yes, I remember. It was actually pretty good beer. <laughs> it was a pretty damn good beer. I'm not <laughs> All right. Next we're heading out to the Prince of Palm Harbor, Florida. Jeff, over to you. Yeah, I uh I've also had a day. And so I'm going to uh I'm gonna be taking you out to the traditional stylings of Pottsville, Pennsylvania, yeah. where I'll be uh, enjoying this from America's oldest brewery. Pretty sure that's something that only they claim. Uh, I'm having myself a delicious Yingling traditional lager. It, memory serves correctly. Over the weekend, I had several of those in my pool. I believe you had its uh, lighter brother. <laughs> Is it lighter, though, if you drink six of them? I didn't even know we were drinking beer. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, I went ahead. I, I wanted to be appropriate, so I went ahead and I poured myself a glass of Davies County Bourbon. Uh, this is from Luxrow in Bardstown, if I'm not mistaken. I think it's Luxrow. It, it was, yeah, it was Bardstown. It's Luxrow in Bardstown. Uh, this particular bourbon is aged in Cabernet Sauvignon casks. Uh, and I will, I can actually tell you that I know they got those Cabernet Sauvignon casks, the casks themselves. Uh, they're actually made from some, from, uh, some Norwegian wood. Yeah. So cheers. Give you some Norwegian wood. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to make a call wow. back to what we were talking about before the episode, uh, we started recording, but decided against it. I love that's probably best. Yeah. Well, we're going to get get ourselves kicked off here. Nathan, you are starting off uh, in the Sweet 16. We're starting off with the overall one seat of Let It Be, taking on the four seat of the aforementioned Norwegian Wood. So Let It Be, Norwegian Wood. Uh, this one was a hard one for me uh, because, you know, I said, the, I think Let It Be is just, you know, classic Beatles. It's, um, to me, one of their best later works from the Let It Be album. It's a classic for a reason, but Norwegian Wood, I think, was one of those songs that really, it was a song that got me into the Beatles. I think I mentioned this before, but I remember hearing this song for the first time in my History of Rock and Roll class, and it stands a test of time. And to me, the thing that we're charged with is to pick the best song. And when it comes to the instruments, when it comes to uh, everything like that, I'm going to choose Norwegian Wood. Norwegian Wood got a first got its first vote. Next vote goes to Sarah. All right. To kind of go against everything in my body, I also am voting for Norwegian Wood for those same exact reasons. I know it seems crazy because I don't think I voted for it up until now. Um, but pitting it against Let It Be, I, I think the songs that we still have left to go through um let it be is one of the more popular ones but i still i don't know where it falls in the others norwegian wood it's i mean super rubber soul can't get more rubber soul album i think it just is kind of early beatles they're starting to figure it out adding the instruments it's it's a beautiful song i'm norwegian wood sorry norwegian wood has got two up on the overall one seed we're going to mike so far, uh, Let It Be has had a harder time than I expected against some, admittedly, some very stiff competition. And I, I do sort of get it. Sarah alluded to the fact it's one of the Beatles' more popular songs. It's one of those songs we've all heard so much that I think maybe its impact is dulled a little bit. And I, I went back and tried, and this will be kind of a running theme, I think, throughout this episode, that I went back and I tried to listen to all of these songs with with fresh ears and let it be was one of the harder ones in that respect. Because when I started thinking about it after the fact, I realized that I had forgotten the best version of let it be that I've ever heard. And I'll tell you guys where I heard that version. We have a little piano. We have a piano, not a little piano. We have a piano in our house and I don't play piano, <laughs> but I, I, I can kind of suss out a couple chords and let it be is one of the ones that I noodle around with. Uh, and you know, my girls have seen me do that. Well, anyway, one night, uh, this is about two years ago, so she was not quite three. My daughter, Abby, started mashing the keys and started singing, and she started singing Let It Be. She's just mashing the keys going, let it be, let it be, let it be. I somehow got on, on my phone on video, and I, it's still one of those that I just, I watch sometimes when I need to pick me up. Um, 
of all of the other things that the song has meant to me over the years, I think that might be the most powerful because it was, it was me connecting with my daughter through music and realizing that she was kind of, uh, you know, picking up on, on some of this stuff. Like I said, I tried to listen to a lot of these with fresh ears, tried to uh, analyze what is the, just the better song. And I think let it be still wins for me. Uh, and which is not taking anything away from Norwegian wood, which I think I've, voted for uh every time up until this matchup i don't specifically recall but i to me let it be is just in addition to just that sentimental sentimental value i think it's a masterpiece i really do i think it touches people on a on a very personal level i think and i think that's why it stuck around i think that's why it's been such a popular beatles song so uh let it be is not going down without a fight it's getting my vote let it be picks up its first vote jeff over to you what have y'all done? Oh, boy. Um, I am in quite the predicament here. <laughs> On the one hand, I can do what we do best here at uh, Boozy Bracketology and piss every single person off that we might know. Or <laughs> I punt it to Chris, <laughs> which God knows is the worst decision we could possibly make. But maybe not. Here's my issue. Let It Be is by far, I would think, uh, yeah, Let It Be is by far, I would say, the most known Beatles song it, it, by people that are, I would say, non-Beatles enthusiasts. It, it, pretty much they're all going to know that song. I mean, sure, they might know uh, Hey Jude. They probably know a uh, Eleanor Rigby, maybe. There's some of the older songs they probably know, but Let It Be, I think, is probably most well-known. And do I have it within me to vote for what is a four seed in our bracket versus a number one seed who I think has had some trouble? And I think after I've come down to it, and the problem that we've gotten to is that there are also other people on this panel who have decided that they also wanted to vote for the song that they thought was better. And in agreement, I agree that the song is Norwegian Wood. Norwegian Wood in the biggest upset of the tournament in the Sweet 16 has taken down the number one seed. We are moving right along. Sarah, we're kicking it off with you. Oh, I should have had this one start with Mike, but hindsight's 2020. Sarah, you've got the sixth seed of Revolution or the two seed of In My Life. I'm kind of still debating about what happened just like 30 seconds ago. Um, I don't want to think about this matchup because this one hurts my soul, pun intended. Um, ah, these are two of my favorite songs. And I think what it is going to come down to uh, as an overall Beatles song, right? We're, we're voting on Beatles. In my life, I probably is going to edge out revolution by like the smallest fraction of hair possible. I love both of these songs. I think revolution is an amazing song. I love it for my hippie loving soul. In my life, it it's one of those songs that if someone gives you that song, they sing you that song, they tell you that song's for them, you're pretty much the most important person in the whole world. So uh, in my life, it's going to get my vote. In My Life picks up its first vote. Next pick goes to Mike. Some of these choices are just impossible. 
And and I'm right there with you, Sarah. This is one for me. I, I, I know I've spoken at length about revolution, how it gets me fired up, but it also makes me question whether burning the whole thing down is such a great idea, you know, no matter how tempting it might be sometimes it's, it's, and that's Lenin. That's the, the Lenin's lyrics. He's getting pulled both ways. It's why he says you can count me out in, in the, you know, in the slower version of the song. It's, it's a great, it's, it's a great song for really right around his age, which is mid twenties. He's kind of suspended between, uh, you know, that early stage of adulthood and you're still trying to figure things out. Sure. I'm much later than that and I'm still trying to figure things out. So I really love his conclusions of some of this stuff in this song. I love when he says, we're all doing what we can. I love when he says, you better free your mind instead. I, there's there's just something about some of those sentiments that I think apply in a, a universal setting that even maybe transcends politics uh, and just gets to some of, uh, you know, uh, just social interactions and stuff like that. I love it. I love it. Um, and I, I've spoken probably a little less about in my life. I don't know, but um, in my life is just incredible. It the way it evokes the power of memory and the power of love. It's got this beautiful melody, and it it is. It's it's such a powerful song. And and I, I loved what what Sarah said. Is basically if you say, you know, that you think of somebody when you hear the song in my life. That's that's you're basically telling them that you're the most they're the most best person in the world to you when i first looked at this in all honesty my gut shot was revolution uh just like pure staring at the thing i'm like i like guitar solos more than piano solos uh even when they're sped up i like rockin john a little more than i like balladeer john but in my life wouldn't let me go and to be honest, I I didn't completely know which way I was voting here. I really don't want to make this choice. Uh, this should, by all rights, be the matchup in the next round. Um, but here we are. And I think I got to go in my life. I think I do. I'll, at the end of the day, it's the more, I think it's the more powerful song. Uh, as I love, the, as much as I love the the hard-edged rock of Revolution, when I'm just, when I'm kind of listening, I'm trying to hear both of these songs in my head in my life looms larger at the, at this moment. So I'm, I'm going to go against my gut shot and I'm going to give in my life, my vote, but man, <laughs> these are two great songs. Jeff over to you. Well, I, for once agree with both of my panelists before me, I think that uh, what Mike said about the lyrics of revolution are, are still so poignant in this time and that probably should be more well known than they are. People should probably read them them to themselves every morning as they try to face the day that we are constantly being faced with nowadays. And I think what Sarah said about, uh, you know, we are, we have to remember that we are here to vote on a Beatles song and we have to focus on the Beatles song. And so what what it comes down to for me is that if we're looking at the Beatles song, I don't think the Beatles have the best in my life. I think it is probably one of the greatest songs they've written. I don't think it's the greatest performance of the song. Revolution, however, I don't know that that's been matched. There are some other good versions of it, but just the tone and the angst and the emotion that they evoked in that time period when they were writing it really sets it apart for me so for another upset vote i'm giving my vote to revolution 
Revolution picks up its first vote. Nathan, are we tying it up or do we have a winner? I don't know. Actually, I do know. Um, <laughs> In My Life is one of the greatest songs um, ever. I, I love it. I've talked about how much I love it. Revolution is a song that I really like, but maybe not love as much. And so, you know, trying to pull back from it, which one is better? And unfortunately, in this case, I must be carrying a picture of Chairman Mao because this, so- this song ain't going to make it to anyone anyhow. <laughs> I got to go with In My Life. Um, there's that lyric in there with friends and lovers I still kind of recall. Some are dead and some are living. In My Life, I love them all. The older you get and the more you lose people, either by death or circumstance, this song just hits me every single time. Um, and so I very proudly uh, state that I, I think it's a tremendously well-produced song and a well-written song. I'm going for In My Life. In My Life is moving on to the Elite Eight. And this portion of the bracket in our next episode, you're going to hear us discuss Norwegian Wood against In My Life to see which one goes to the final four. But we're moving on to the second quadrant of our bracket. Uh, we are going to start this one off with Mike. Mike, you're choosing between the one seat of something or the four seat of Hard Day's Night. These are two wonderful and very different love songs. They both tap into universal sentiments that are ultimately centered around uh, love and relationships. Uh, something is, of course, all about that je ne sais quoi, that, you know, that, that mystical gravity that will draw two people together. There's so much power in what he what he doesn't say it's just there's something like he he can't put his finger on it he even you know he even, he even says in the middle when you know when she's asking him if his love will grow he says i don't know but hey stick stick around uh, <laughs> of course she did stick around and then they had problems and then eric clapton wrote a song about her too and then she left george and married eric clapton and then he wrote another song about her but we're not here to talk about that <laughs> uh, doesn't take anything away from the power of the song. Uh, you're spiraling. You're spiraling. Yep, yep, yep. I'm, I'm pulling it back. Pulling it back. Hard Day's Night is basically about how much work sucks, and you really just want to be home. Uh, you know, with with the ones you love, or uh, you know, even just uh, sometimes just just by yourself. Or um, I know, and I know he says when I get home to you in the song, but it even to me also evokes feelings of wanting to be out with your friends. And right now, like in my, in my life, I kind of relate to that a little bit more. And, and several of us said at the outset of this episode, talking about, yeah, work's kind of been, been brutal or or whatever. And this is, this is that kind of thing. I think that this is a very tough one because it's, it's actually a little bit like last time. It's another rock song versus ballad uh, type of situation. I think in terms of the the quality of the recordings, because uh, when I was listening to both of these with fresh ears, I noticed how much lusher and fuller the sound of something was. But then I step back and I go, well, yeah, that was the first time they were recording on an eight track instead of a four track. Uh, they had brand new equipment. That's why Abbey Road sounds so amazing. But I gravitated more at the end of the day to the the rawer rocking sound of Hard Day's Night. And I wasn't sure that I was going to, but I did. And uh and I started thinking about like the you know, things like the guitar solos. I like the guitar solo of Hard Day's Night better. I mean, I love the I love the tone on his guitar on something, but Hard Day's Night gets just it just gets me going a little more. And I think sometimes that's what I need. And I, I think I just relate to its sentiment a little bit more. 
So I'm actually going to vote for a hard day's night here. The hard days or hard days night has got a one to nothing vote. We're bringing the next pick to Jeff. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Um, So I thought it's interesting that Mike mentioned that he got out of a hard day's night, (laughs) that it meant to get with friends. Because I was listening to that song today, and it felt very hard to relate as a person who works from home, has three kids at home all summer, (laughs) and everything he does is at home all the time with everybody at all moments of the day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so there was no, there, there is no home to go to. Uh, it's always here. So it, it, it did feel a little bit harder to relate to. Obviously, I have known that feeling and I know that feeling as a, as an idea, but it's, it's definitely harder to relate to. Uh, for me, something is, I would say to me, the song that I would go to if I wanted to listen to a Beatles song and I had to pick between these two. I do enjoy the rockiness of A Hard Day's Night, but I'm going to actually disagree with Mike. And I actually think I like the guitar tone and uh, solo on something better. I just enjoy the smoothness of the way that it is, uh, that it just kind of slides and glides around in there. So, uh, I'm going to go ahead and throw my vote behind something. Something is tied it up one-to-one, bringing it over to Nathan. I really enjoy A Hard Day's Night. Uh, it's one of my favorite Beatles movies. It was my first Beatles movie. Um, however, I do think it's the weakest of the songs remaining. And I feel bad saying that. And I think that just says about the strength of the remaining songs. Uh, the song Something, uh, there's a reason that Frank Sinatra called it uh, – the greatest love song of the previous 50 years when he started performing it, even though as he was performing it, he kept saying it was a Lynn McCartney creation. <laughs> um, you know, I, 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 even though George is not my favorite Beatle, give him the respect he deserves for writing a great song. And I do believe I voted against something last time, but uh, when it comes down to something and hard days night, when I, what I think, you know, Something is a great love song. And when you look at the, you know, the the love lives of the Beatles during that time, you had George, I think he was with Patty. Uh, you had Ringo and his first wife, Maureen. Uh, you had John and Yoko. And then for me, the greatest love story that came from the Beatles, um, Paul and Linda. Uh, to me, that, that, I know that, um, I remember as a kid, I think the first celebrity death that really hit me hard, even though I wasn't a Beatles fan, was Linda. Because I could just feel, you know, watching those news documentaries um, when they were just young and, and seeing how connected they were. It still hurts that we lost Linda so early. And it was already in the 90s that we lost her. But I am going to go and vote uh, for a great love song. And that is Something. Something's got a two to one uh, lead here. We're bringing the next pick to Sarah. No question. Uh, something all day long to me this wasn't even really a matchup um i have expressed my love for something and for ridiculous overwhelming love songs so something all day long gets my vote and something is moving on to the elite eight and we are moving on to the next pick from this quadrant of the bracket jeff you're kicking us off in in my opinion the toughest pick of the entire night the three seed of help the two seed of yesterday 
Well, I'm really glad that you let off that this is the uh, the toughest match uh, in the show today and then decided to throw it to me, uh, the one who is so wise in all the ways of the Beatles. <laughs> because this is the only one I think that I have not decided on yet. Because I couldn't find a justifiable reason to vote for one over the other. They're both incredible songs. Uh, I don't... Uh... Man, it's if it's going to come down to what is going to have to go against something and we put yesterday through, I don't know. Are they really even that different? Yeah. I mean, it's kind of, you know, kind of the same type of thing. But man, those harmonies on help just grab you. Um. Man, I, I think right now I'm just going to have to do it and just vote for help. We'll see what happens. Help has picked up a vote. Bringing the next pick here to Nathan. I'm going to reiterate that this, this for me was the hardest one of the night. Both great songs. Uh, help, I think, is out of all the songs we had from the early Beatles, it, it's the best. Out of the early Beatles catalog, this is the best song. Um, I, I, I love it. The lyrics, the performance, the harmonies, the guitar. It's just, it's, it's a great song. Yesterday, I really, really love as well. It's, you know, one of those songs that, you know, when I was, um, you know, back in my big drinking days, I'd come back drunk and that'd be the song I sing. That's my drunken song I sing. Hmm. Um, and, it, and it still means a lot to me. But when it comes to, you know, what is the better song? What song has the better presentation? What song has the better lyrics? What song has the most connection to me? I feel bad voting against yesterday, but I need to go for help. The older I get, the more I love it. Help gets my vote. Help's got a two to nil lead over yesterday. Bringing the next pick to Sarah. I'm not going to be the one that makes this decision. (laughs) I'm sorry, Mike. I, I was going to vote for yesterday anyway. Uh, I do like help a lot. Um, I think that more people should know this song. And yesterday is, I don't know, it's one, it, it, it finds its way into my head a lot. Uh, not even when I'm really thinking about it, but I see it. If it comes on, I'm not going to change the channel. So my vote is going to make this a little tough for Mike, but my vote is for yesterday. You know, that is another vote or a first vote for yesterday. We're bringing the next pick. Sarah, you're better hosting than I am. Next pick goes to Mike. <laughs> so this is a really interesting matchup because effectively what we're deciding here is what is the best song off of the Help album? Now, the problem is, as I've already said in previous episodes, the answer to that question is Ticket to Ride. But I was overruled on that one. So anyway, I love help. We all need help sometimes. And this song is one of the most famous men in the world at that time admitting that. And and it was a powerful statement in a a pop song at that time. And, And also, one of my favorite things is that he also expresses appreciation. It's not just I need help, but it's thank you. I do appreciate you being around. Just being around sometimes is all the help that we need. Help is such, in addition to just being a cool rock song, it's 
it's got such a powerful, the lyrics are deceptively simple, I think, sometimes. And when you dig into it deeper, you really, it really hits you, you different, I think. I love Yesterday. And I, I, like I said, I was, I was trying to listen to all of these songs with fresh ears uh, coming through in this right. I've, I've been leaning a little harder on sentiment and I was trying a little more this, this time around listening again, listening with fresh ears. And it, it honestly doing that renewed my appreciation for it. I know I kind of said in the first episode, I think it was the first episode about how as much as I love yesterday, I'm not quite as high on it as everybody else. I, I don't know if that's necessarily true. It's, I think it may have maybe fell into a little bit of the, I've heard it too many times camp, but, but it is a, it's a gorgeous song. It's still essentially Paul and an acoustic guitar and, and a couple orchestral overdubs. And in that sense, it's a Beatles song, but it doesn't feel in the same way like a Beatles song. Help has those harmonies that are such this, they're such a huge Beatles thing. It's got the way that Paul's voice kind of drifts around John's melody on the verses it's got this great little drum boogie that Ringo does when he gets going on the chorus. Uh, and I love uh, the sound of the acoustic guitar that when it, when it calms down in that, in that final verse before it kicks it back up again, help is help to me is more musically interesting and it's danceable. And I think for me that that gives it the edge over yesterday. So you're off the hook again, Chris, I'm going to, I'm going to vote to move help along. And help is moving along. The two from this quadrant moving on, they'll be facing off the Elite Eight or the one seat of something, the three seat of help. That is going to be, pardon my pun, something to see. We are moving on. Please help. Oh, Lord. (laughs) We are moving on. And we're going to start with Nathan here. Nathan, you've got the one seat of Day in the Life taking on the five seat of Blackbird. Another two great songs and two very different songs. I mean, if yesterday was just Paul McCartney, Blackbird was just Paul McCartney and some birds. <laughs> you know, it's very, very low key. You know, it's Paul tapping, the birds sing in the background. It's a great song. A Day in the Life is almost the complete opposite. It's a mishmash of, of John and Paul and it's 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 got this orchestra that's just brings you to the to the brink of madness at certain points. And what out of those two styles, which one do I appreciate more? Which one do I think is the better song? And it's a pretty easy decision for me. Day in the Life is probably one of the best music productions of all time. And I think it's just an example of Lennon and McCartney just being almost as different as they were and as mad as they were at times at each other. And they were almost the perfect songwriting team that will ever, ever be partnered together. Um, so I need to go for Day in the Life. It's a favorite of mine, and that's one reason I'm voting for it. Day in the Life has its first vote. Sarah, over to you. Okay. Blackbird is probably one of the Beatles' simplest songs. I mean, there's, I mean, really, like, 12 different words in the whole song. But it's an amazing song. And that is quite a feat in itself. Um, I mean, I'm looking at it. There's, like, 12 different words in the entire song. And it's a beautiful song. And A Day in the Life, it 
It is one of the very first Beatles songs that I had heard as well. Um, and you can't beat the the change, the cor- uh, the chorus in the middle. This one's really tough. Um, but I sometimes simpler is better. I think Blackbird kind of transcends across a wider audience than A Day in the Life. Um, so ugh, begrudgingly, Blackbird gets my vote. Although, it, I mean, it is such a sweet song. I'm, I'm going to go strong. Black, Blackbird gets my vote. Blackbird started up one to one. Mike. All right. First of all, I want to point out, you all did this to me. You made me vote against Blackbird three fucking times. This is the third time in a row I have to vote against Blackbird, and I love Blackbird. I still remember seeing Paul play it in concert. It was such a powerful moment. It is. Sarah's 100% right. It's a simple song, but its power is in its simplicity. It's like, especially given, given what it was all about, it was like, this was always so simple. Like, uh, not, I mean, obviously it wasn't, it was, you know, this, this struggle that still continues today, but this is always so simple. Just let people be free to fly. Like it's, it's beautiful. I love the song and I hate that it's come up against such stiff competition. And this is the stiffest competition yet. It's a day in the life. It's on top of so many critics list for a reason. I was thinking about this earlier and I'm going to go lit nerd on this for a second, but this song is like James Joyce's Ulysses in miniature. It's basically a story told about a d- just a day, just some day in the lives of both the, the country and also with this individual person in the Paul section, this individual house. It's, it's just such a amazing song. The way that, as Nate said, the way that they married uh, Lennon and McCartney married their, um, their just mindsets together in this song. It's, it's a it's complex and yet accessible and it's it's trippy and yet catchy. It's an incredible piece of music. And I hate that I have to vote against Blackbird yet again, but against the day in the life, I I just I can't. I have to vote for Day in the Life here. Well, Day in the Life's got a two to one lead, Jeff. Well, I think that's what's so great about us here at Boozy Bracketology is no matter how many times we do this, even if it's three times in a row, you're still allowed to be wrong. A Day in the Life is a song that I only recently found because we started doing this bracket. And believe me, cons- imagine how shocked I was to see it as a one seed. It is, without a doubt, a fantastic song. But just like uh, just like Sarah mentioned, though, it doesn't have the ability to traverse generations and genres and reach out to as many people as Blackbird has done just like everyone said before it's it's the beauty is in the simplicity it's such a powerful simple beautiful song and there's really not much more to say blackbird's getting my vote what have you done what have you done i'm scared i'm terrified you should be i'm sorry um so i'm i'm a, a full glass and a half of whiskey in so we're going to see how this goes <laughs> perfect lovely yeah i genuinely enjoy both of these songs uh i'm not saying anyone is wrong here i think you brought all four of you are entitled to your opinions but for me it's going to go back to which song am i going to revisit more often which song am i going to genuinely want to hear 
Um, part of me, part of me wants to vote for Blackbird. That way, Blackbird moves on despite Mike voting against it three times because <laughs> that would be absolutely hilarious. Um, you know, I, I'm really having a hard time here because they're both exceptional songs. Uh, you all make very, very valid points. And I'm not a music guy. I think I've made that abundantly clear. I'm not a music guy. So I've got to go with the song that I that resonates with me just a little bit more. And it's a one seed for a reason. Day in the Life to me is a slightly better song. I love Blackbird. Blackbird's a really good song, but I'm going Day in the Life. Day in the Life moves Thank you. on. Genuinely Thank you. had no idea what the way out, which way that was going to go. I was already mentally preparing myself to say, you guys make me vote against Blackbird four fucking times. <laughs> And I love Blackbird. We're, we're gonna. I don't think you do. It's just not fair. Real. We're gonna find out which song Day in the Life is gonna go up against. And uh, oh, these are two heavy hitters. These are two that Beatles fans and not Beatles fans know. The three seed Eleanor Rigby. The two seed Here Comes the Sun. Sarah, kick us off. I would like to take this quick opportunity to just say that Eleanor Rigby is the only song left from the Revolver album. There are currently more songs from the Rubber Soul album than the Revolver album. But Mike, God damn it. Because I have said time and time again that George Harrison songs are my favorite Beatles songs. And I love Here Comes the Sun and that I have a gigantic mirror in my house with the lyrics on it. I love it that much. I, too, went back and I listened to these songs with fresh ears um, several times because, I mean, why not, right? Eleanor Rigby is a very surprising song to me. Just when you break it down, just the the story told, it's a masterpiece. It, it is a masterpiece of writing. It is the world's saddest song, but you, you feel okay. It. it it ranges on a ton of emotions and here comes the sun is the complete opposite. It, it makes me happy. It's a feel good song. It's, you know, there will be life. It'll, it, it'll come out again. And Eleanor Rigby is dark. I mean, her and father Mackenzie, they, they finally meet up, but it's too late. And the <laughs> um, just going to rip that bandaid off. I'm voting Eleanor Rigby on this one. Eleanor Rigby's got to vote. Mike, over to you. No, knowing Sarah's love of George, I'm, I can only imagine how hard of a vote that was. Um, and, and I totally get where she's coming from. Like I said last time, Here Comes the Sun is instant transportation to my happy place. It's, it's, it's like a warm, snuggly music blanket. It's ultimate comfort. It just makes you feel good. And you understand... Because George was at a fraught place at the time that he wrote it, and you understand that he probably needed that that pick me up. It's 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 the as as I think we said before, it's the number one streamed song on Spotify for the Beatles, and it's not close. And it's probably for that reason. It's because people come to it to just feel happy, and there is something incredibly powerful in that. But it's no Eleanor Rigby. It's just not. Both of these songs are, are very economical with their lyrics, but I think that Eleanor Rigby manages to tell so much of the story without telling much of the story at all. It lets you fill in the blanks. You imagine Eleanor Rigby. You imagine Father McKenzie. You sympathize with them, and then 
you think about maybe some other people that you know that might also fall into the lonely category. Maybe you, maybe you reach out. I don't, I don't, I don't know, but it's, it's a, it's a song that makes you, as I, I think Sarah, I like the way that Sarah said it, 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 it's not a happy song. It makes you sad, but it's not an, it's not an unbearable sadness. It also has the power to evoke empathy as well. And when, man, I, I, like I said, listening to these, to these songs, trying to, as if I hadn't heard them, you know, hundreds or more times before, man, no one was saved is a gut punch. That's a hell of a way for a band that was previously known for catchy rock and roll love songs to close out a song. Eleanor Rigby was a revelation the first time I heard it. And it, it it's power really hasn't diminished that much. I'm I'm sorry. Here comes the sun. You will never fail to bring me up, but I think Eleanor Rigby is the better song here. All right. Next pick goes to Jeff. Yeah, I mean, I think it's time. Here comes the sun. Paid its dues, and uh, it's time to go. Uh, Eleanor Rigby is a fantastic song. It is such an incredible story, as I've mentioned before on previous uh, episodes, and a good story song. Man, it really just kind of grabs you in. Man, I don't, I don't have anything more to say about it, and I'll have plenty to say in the next matchup that yeah. I'm not happy about. Yeah. Um, Eleanor Rigby for me. And last but not least, Nathan. I did not think we'd come to a anonymous decision at this point in the bracket, uh, especially with great songs like this. You've got the darkest Paul song, who was a pretty happy songwriter for the most part, against a happy George song who wasn't the happiest of guys all the time. Most of his songs are more introspective and, and, and um, a little darker. But with that, Eleanor Rigby, I mean, hands down, it is a tremendous song. It's been said, uh, Eleanor Rigby. Eleanor Rigby is moving on, and that's our first sweep of the episode. So this quadrant in the next round is going to feature Day in the Life taking on Eleanor Rigby, the one versus the three seed. And we are on to our last quadrant of the bracket. Mike, you're kicking us off here. The one seed from this quadrant is Hey Jude. The four seed is Penny Lane. Of course, you make me go first on this one. Oh, man. One out of four, sir. One out of four. I, I, oh, I know. Oh, I know. It's 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 just how the how the cookie bounces, I guess. Um when I think of Hey Jude, uh, there, uh, there's so many things I think of, but what, one thing I think of is, and it was a story that I wanted to tell, is from when I saw the band Portugal the Man in concert. Uh, they closed with a song called Sleep Forever, which is a beautiful song, and it has this amazing escalation. You should really check it out if you've never heard, heard it. But anyway, uh, on the album, after he, it's got this great line at the end, and then it just sort of drifts off towards the end. Well, when they play it live... I don't know if they do this every time, but they did when I saw them. Instead of letting it drift off, they all of a sudden turned, cranked up the music and started going, doing the na-na, na-na-na-na, hey Jude. And the crowd was so into it. It was so powerful. There was not a person in that audience that wasn't screaming. And I said I said it last time, that's the secret to the, to the over three minutes of na-na's. You have to join in eventually. You can't not join in. You might make it a minute, maybe a minute and a half if you're like the most cantankerous curmudgeon in the world. It doesn't matter. You eventually cave. Maybe you even throw in a Judy, Judy, Judy. Wow, you have to do it. You you just do. It, it's such an infectious 
ending to a song, but throw that out. And you still have the first half of the song, which is like the ultimate antidepressant. Take a sad song and make it better. Open up your heart. Hey Jude is just simply a wonderful song. And so is Penny Lane. Penny Lane is fantastic because it tells a story. It puts you in that place. You see the children laughing at the at the banker behind his back. You see the pretty nurse selling her poppies. You know, I, I mentioned my youngest daughter, Penny, and how I play the song to her all the time. Well, just the other day, my oldest, Abby, was singing, singing Penny Lane. And she likes to sing, you know, after the first line, uh, she instead of underneath the blue suburban skies, she sings Abby neath the blue suburban skies because she wants it to be about her too. It's really cute. Uh, it, it's super heartwarming. I, and and it and it's interesting because I was pretty sure I would do how I was going to vote until that moment happened a couple days ago. And she just did it spontaneously. It's this was this. I, I think this is the hardest one for me in this. In the Sweet 16. Uh, it tugs the hardest at my heartstrings. It does. But I still, I think of the two songs from an overall compositional perspective, man, I, like I said, legitimately did not even have anything written down. And I don't know which way I want to go. I, I love both of these songs. Yeah. Fuck it. I think that, I think for me, I think I actually, as I, God, I do love... I do love the song. I love the coda. I've talked about it many times. There's so much joy in it. As an overall composition, I think I actually I'm right now I'm feeling I'm feeling like Penny Lane is just it tells it tells that story. It's got a little more interesting musical orchestration. And I I do. I think it, it gets its point done done quicker. And I think it's it maybe just gives it that little bit of an edge. And I hate myself for doing it. Penny Lane. Penny's got its first long belabored vote. <laughs> You're good, Jeff. Over to you. Well, you can always come to me for succinctness. Uh, I actually did not think this was going to be a tough vote until I went back earlier today and listened to both songs back to back a couple of times. Um, and I actually I don't think you made a bad choice, Mike. Uh, there is so much in Penny Lane that is great. I mean, you first off, you start rocking out to that bass line. Hmm. Those horns come in and they just grab you along for the ride. Just the the momentum of the words and the way that they are presented. It just kind of I, I imagine it in, in, in to paint a picture of some. I imagine it's like getting into the, the boat in Willy Wonka <laughs> where you don't really know what's going along. And all of a sudden you're being swept down the river in this this lovely tune. Um, but what I think it's missing is I don't think it is the same quality of story that, say, an Eleanor Rigby is. It's a good one, and it's a good story song, but I don't think it carries the same weight. And I think a lot of Beatles songs for a lot of people touch on emotions, good, bad, and indifferent. And the important part is that people relate to those. And I think that the majority of people are going to want to ride along with Hey Jude. So that's where I'm going to throw my vote. Hey Jude's tied it up one to one going to Nathan. If it was a choice, I'd ask if I could skip my turn and come back at the end. Because, <laughs> I, again, I should make a formal apology to myself mainly that I voted against Penny Lane last time. And Penny Lane's one of my favorite songs. Uh, but I went up against Here, There, and Everywhere. 
And I really wanted that song to have one vote. But Penny Lane is such a great song. I mean, just the first lyric, uh, there's a barber showing photographs of every head he's had the pleasure to know. I mean, already that character there showing pictures of cutting hair, that, that's just a bizarre statement and a great way to put a barber that's proud of his work. And does, it's, just, it's, it, it's a great written song. Then you got the fireman rushing in from the pouring rain, even though there's blue suburban skies. Uh, I think that's why, why they say it's very strange. And the lyrics there, they just, it's, they're fun to peel. And just the way the song's put together. Hey Jude is to me two different songs. It's the first few stanzas, and then you got the na-na-na-na-na-na X amount of times. And there's one lyric in that song that really always speaks to me, and that's, don't carry the world upon your shoulders. And as a person with anxiety, that really speaks to me because I carry a lot on my shoulders. And for some reason that, you know, if I ever got a tattoo, which I never will because I hate needles, um, that <laughs> might be the Beatles lyric that I get. Uh, that or, um, you know, living as easy as with eyes closed. I think there's some of the greatest single bits of lyrics from the Beatles. Uh, so this one's really hard. And um, I think the thing that's holding me back from fully voting for Hey Jude is that I love the first part of the song so much that sometimes... I'm like, I don't want to get to the na-na-na part because it's long and it's repetitive, but I keep listening to it. I don't think I've ever turned off uh, Hey Jude, even though I think I'm going to. And so this one is really hard. And I think just you know, looking at which one I think is the better song, I think Hey Jude's a better performance. I think Penny Lane's the better song, just narrowly. So I'm voting for surprisingly, Penny Lane, even though I voted against it last time. Hmm. Ooh, Penny Lane's got a two-to-one lead. Sarah. Okay. Uh, well, they say that imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Um, I, too, need to make a formal apology to myself that I did not vote for Hey Jude last round. I, I thought about that one, like, way too much, speaking of a person with anxiety. I was also going to say that the best line in the entire song is don't carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. And then here's where it gets really weird after that. I, when I hear Penny Lane, yes, it it is a beautiful song. I agree. I can't remember if Jeff said it or Mike said it. The storytelling is not as good as Eleanor Rigby. It's close, but it's not, it doesn't have as much power, I think, as Eleanor Rigby does. And when I think of Penny Lane, the first thing that comes to my head is the movie Almost Famous and not necessarily the Beatles song. When I think of Hey Jude, I had always heard, and maybe it was because I was little and my mom was a cop, or that so many people thought it was for drug use um i guess the moment you let it under your skin but then when you really find out what the song was written for it makes it that much more powerful you're trying to teach a little kid kind of how to navigate the emotions of very adult situations going on so this may be a really bad call and i apologize to all of my fellow friends on this 
I'm voting for Hey Jude and be mad at Chris, not at me. <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to vote for Penny Lane. I'm surprised. I, I, I respect your vote and I, I, I was put that way, but I was convinced <laughs> I was going to guess you as a Penny Lane person, but. Uh, I, I know. I don't. Uh, I'm not drunk. And I don't know if that makes worse or better decisions. I'm not sure. Uh, even, e- even if it goes, hey, Jude, I'll be happy. These are both great songs. So, um, yeah, this was a hard one for me. But Chris, hey, the movement you need is on your shoulders, buddy. Put us out of our misery. <laughs> so here's the problem. I absolutely adore one of these songs. And the other, I don't think I've ever been a big enough Beatles song to fully understand and comprehend. Until I hear you, the four of you talk about it. Welcome to my shoes. This may be a little bit unfair, (laughs) but carrying the weight of your world on your shoulders has always stuck out to me. I love Hey Jude. I think Hey Jude's a phenomenal song. Penny Lane, I I, I, I never peeled back the layers on it. I never gave it that much thought. Jeff's shaking his head. I'm sorry. But Hey Jude's always been that the better song to me. And I, I really... am wondering now in the back of my head that if we recorded this six months from now, after I had a chance to go back and read up and and really understand pain lane in a more in-depth way if this would still be the same but right here right now i'm going hey jude i can't i can't be mad at that that was an extremely hard decision for me obviously silence (laughs) i'm i'm happy that you made that decision i mean that i mean i i still yeah i'll I'll cry chris now you don't have to carry the weight of that on your shoulders you made the right choice yeah I'm glad. I'm glad I made, well, two of you are mad, two of you are happy. We're moving I'm on. Mad. I'm not mad. Well, you can you can tell me how mad you are while my guitar gently weeps. The three seed <laughs> is moving, going up against the two seed of Strawberry Fields Forever. Jeff, you're taking us away here. Yeah, so this is, a, this is such an easy choice for me. As I was listening to these songs earlier, definitely. You know, back to back, there was, there's one thing, and I've mentioned it plenty of times before on this podcast, uh beatles lovers unite against me Uh, but the one thing that the beatles needed to lean in more is to not playing instruments because they were not the best at that (laughs) they were perfectly mediocre (laughs) there are people (laughs) there are people leaving the recording uh But I think that just the fact that they could bring in another artist and add so much to one of their songs really just identifies and and points out exactly what kind of artists they were. Honestly, I came into this matchup thinking that Strawberry Fields Forever had the cake for me. I thought it was going to be an easy vote. Uh, And as I definitely listened to definitely these two songs back to back many times, um, what I found that is for me, uh, while my guitar gently weeps is, is by far the better song. The three seeds got its first vote. Next pick here goes to Nathan. Again, both great songs. Um, I really do enjoy Eric Clapton's work on While My Guitar Gently Weeps. However, I, when it can't, first of all, I do believe the Beatles were great musicians. You know, even when people, when when people, one of my pet peeves about the Beatles is when uh, people say, oh, Ringo wasn't a great drummer because of the joke um, John made one time when he goes, Ringo's not even the best drummer in the Beatles. Pish posh. They, they they were great musicians. I mean, they 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 um, as they performing in Hamburg Hamburg Germany and in their early career, they were performing every night. They were masters of their art. Uh, they were true musicians. But back to the song. 
you know, Eric Clapton was a great guest on this song, but I don't think he was the greatest guest musician the Beatles ever had. To me, that goes to Billy Preston. Um, I think his work on um, Get Back was phenomenal. I do think it was nice for the Beatles. I think the Beatles needed to have somebody else in the room with them because tensions were so high. But yeah, Go On My Touch Your Leaps, it's, it's a great song. The lyrics to me, you know, I look at the floor and I see it needs sweeping. I don't know, the, the lyrics don't speak to me as much as other songs do. Because when you get to Strawberry Fields Forever, I think I mentioned this on the last song, but the lyric, living is easy with eyes closed, is a remarkable lyric. And the song itself, Strawberry Fields Forever, is I think the first time the Beatles really, you know, it was, you know, right after they decided we're done touring. And they're, you know, looking at Elvis going, oh, he made these movies, he did these things, we don't need to tour at all. So they were able for the first time to be in the studio and create these pieces of art. And I think Strawberry Fields Forever was one of those first songs that really did that, both lyrically and professionally. So when it comes to the better song, lyrically, uh, everything else, I've got to go for Strawberry Fields Forever. Strawberry Fields Forever has got its first vote. Next pick here is going to Sarah. No, oh, geez. Come the fuck on. So they're both great songs. Yes, we know that, right? While my guitar gently weeps, come on, people. I feel like I've kind of had to fight for this song a little bit going forward. I love Eric Clapton, but that's not even part of the reason why I love the song. So I was kind of researching it and it was their take on randomness. And it has also kind of started showing that the camaraderie, camaraderie was falling apart on the Beatles. And to me, while my guitar gently weeps, I don't know that I have the correct meaning of the song, but I think the best thing about music is we all make our own assumptions and songs mean something to me. And I said it last time I was fighting for this song that to me, while my guitar gently weeps, it's just pouring your soul out, pouring every single thing that you have out and you're trying to communicate through music. I do love Strawberry Fields. I think it is a beautiful song. It kind of hurts my heart that these two are against each other. But while my guitar gently weeps, it, it, it has my vote. Two to one lead for the three seed, bringing it to Mike. <laughs> oh, man. To me, Strawberry Fields Forever is just a breathtaking song. It's this... Lyrically speaking, it's this exploration and really musically speaking too. I think it's, it's, it's a man who feels like he just doesn't fit in anywhere trying to express himself and struggling. I love the way that Lennon stumbles over his world words where he's like, I mean, I know, I mean, yes, but it's all right. Like, I love the way that he continually corrects himself in a, in such a melodic way. I think that's, I think it's fascinating. It, it's such a, and, and I liked, I liked what Nathan said about this was really at this point was the time when they had, they had been so successful as a band that now they no longer had to tour to make money. They had all the time and that they needed to create these soundscapes that they wanted to. And in doing so pushed 
music forward in in a lot of ways with some of the stuff that they did. Strawberry Fields Forever being no exception. You know, while my guitar gently weeps is kind of has a similar thing of, in terms of trying to express oneself and struggling. You know, Harrison strings together a lot of a lot of thoughts, but at the end of the day, you know, he he comes back to he's basically saying I. I need my guitar to really express this, this sorrow for all these things that I feel that I can't quite put my finger on, you know, um, like about the, the, the floor and, and it needs sweeping. Like, why is that? That's a normal thing. Like why, why would that evoke such strong emotions? Maybe I don't know. So maybe I just need my guitar to, to say it for me. And for the longest time, I considered while my guitar gently weeps, bar none was my favorite Beatles song which is why I surprised myself here uh, going back and listening to these with, with fresh ears again. Strawberry Fields Forever is the one that draws me in more now. I just find it much more. And I, I think part, I think part of that is the musical journey that I've gone on since I first discovered both of these songs in, in, in college. And I've gone a lot more to more experimental type of stuff, more interest, more broader sounds and stuff like that. But Strawberry Fields is now the one that that draws me in more because of the way that he expresses all of these, all of this uncertainty, and the way that all that it all kind of blends together, and it sounds just completely otherworldly. Uh, and if and if you if you ever go look up the the recording process of it, there's a reason for that. They actually had to string together like three different takes, and they had to slow one down and speed one up so that they all sounded like they were in the same key. It's actually really interesting and incredible. I, I think Strawberry Fields, I, I was surprised. Again, like I said, I, I thought before I took a step back and really tried to listen with fresh ears, I thought I was probably going to vote for While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Alas, I very briefly, when I saw that I was the last one and I saw where the vote was, I considered throwing out what I had and not putting this in Chris's hands because I really don't want to do that, but I'm, I'm sticking to my guns and voting for Strawberry Fields Forever. It is fitting that it comes down to me. <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, you okay, man? Yeah. I think he's gonna throw up. <laughs> looks like it. I'm not gonna throw up my soylent. No, that would be disgusting. <laughs> I think it's the same going either way. <laughs> so this is actually interesting to me because I think one of these songs I feel this this is not again, Sarah goes back to the interpretation of the song, kinda where you were when you heard it and what the what you think about when you hear the song and how you relate it back to your life. But while my guitar gently weeps, I love, I, I love that song, but I always kind of hearken that back to before I was in the, this happy, healthy relationship where I was unable to communicate. I was unable to formulate words and put words out there. If you had asked me 13 years ago, this would not have been close, but like I found someone who I'm able to openly communicate with. I found someone who helped unlock my ability to communicate. I know I don't do that well, but, she gets it. Strawberry Fields Forever is lyrically and musically a beautiful song. Nathan, it's okay, man. It's okay. <laughs> when it comes to these two, I love them both. And at this point, guys, we're at the Sweet 16. You can't be mad if a song goes home unless it's unless it's uh, Let It Be. I'll get over it. Yeah. I will let that be. But for me, at this point in my life, it's Strawberry Fields Forever. And with that, that is two crisp picks in a row, closing yeah. out this bracket. 
The quadrant four, the fourth quadrant, that final bracket is going to be Hey Jude against Strawberry Fields forever in the Elite Eight. You do not want to miss this. We hope you're enjoying what we're doing here at Boozy Bracketology. If you are, a couple things you can do. Patreon.com slash PTEBB is your exclusive home for all of our bonus content. Uh, bonus brackets, bonus trivia from our sister podcast, The Pub Trivia Experience, all right there at patreon.com slash PTEBB. You can find us on Discord, PTEBB.com slash Discord. You can come hang out with us there. If you're not into Discord, if you're like me and you're old, you want to be on Facebook, the lounge fans of, pay, of Facebook. Uh, pub, wow, <laughs> that person is good. Fans of Pub Trivia Experience and Boozy Bracketology right there on the Facebook page. But for the Boozy Bracketology podcast, I have been Chris. I'm Nathan. I'm gently weeping, Sarah. <laughs> I am forever Mike. And I'm still sweeping Jeff. We will see you next week as we close out this two-month battle to determine the best Beatles song. Have a good one. Let it be, let it be. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. There you go, good job. <laughs>